Radio MD. RadioMD.com. A daily dose of Melanie means a daily dose of health. This is Melanie Cole's Health Radio. The State of the Year 2016 found continued improvement in air quality from 2012 to 2014, showing lower levels of year-round particle pollution and ozone. Still, more than half of all Americans, 166 million of them, live in countries in counties where they are exposed to unhealthful levels of these pollutants. My guest today is Dr. Norman Edelman. He serves as the Senior Scientific Advisor for the American Lung Association. Welcome to the show, Dr. Edelman. So let's talk about the state of the year. First of all, what is this? What is this study that you guys do? Well, this is something the American Lung Association does every year. It's a very extensive study. Uh, we, we query all the... Uh, air monitors that exist uh, throughout the United States, and and I should tell you, listeners, that not every county monitors its air, uh, but we query uh, those that do, and the data are collected by the Environmental Protection Agency, uh, and we uh, look at uh, not only average levels of pollutants throughout the year, but we look at the number of bad air days. And we reduce that to a formula, and we give uh, localities, counties, and cities a grade. And uh, there are some places that have A's, and unfortunately, there are some places that have F's. Uh, This year, there's good news and bad news, as you pointed out in your introduction. The good news is we're continuing to make progress. The bad news is, is that half of Americans in those areas that were monitored still live in unhealthy air. Wow. I mean, I've just looked up mine now. What does DNC mean? DNC? Yeah, well, in the grades, some of them say DNC, and I'm not sure what that oh, means. But uh, It probably means that they couldn't. They couldn't, they couldn't get an properly. information because yeah. my county just it looks like got an a, got an F. So I'm not that happy about that. But let's talk about what makes a city clean and then and and what doesn't. So if you look around and you live in an area where maybe you're next to a lake or there's water filtration plants or those big huge, you know, wind things or what makes a city cleaner? Well, there are a couple of factors. Some of it is just geography. So if you're sitting in a bowl in a depression surrounded by mountains and uh, your summers get hot, you're a setup for ozone pollution and particle pollution because uh, the automobiles generate the pollution and uh, you have to wait several days before the weather changes to blow that stale air out. Uh, the other big thing is, is automobile traffic. You know, Los Angeles is over and over again uh, at the very top of the list uh, for bad air. There are just so many cars generating all that bad stuff from the tailpipes, and the climate is warm, so uh, the nitrogen oxides and the hydrocarbons get up into the warm atmosphere. They produce ozone. They come back, and they generate smog. Um, okay, so, but what about st- some of those places you're talking about, and I'm looking at that and see that, that you know, Los Angeles, but if they have um, public transportation, does that make things better or worse? Because, boy, I see the buses in Chicago, Dr. Edelman, and they're shooting out all kinds of crap from the back. 
Well, you know, you make a really, really good point. It is important that in public transportation or in school bus transportation uh, that they use technology to control the pollution. Old-fashioned diesel engines spew out a lot of fine particles. And the American Lung Association is very concerned that school districts, for example, uh, retrofit their buses to have modern engines and tell their drivers not to idle for a half hour in front of the school, spewing out the stuff that gets into the air intake of, of, a, uh, of a school. Uh, so buses generate a lot of pollution. Uh, on the other hand, you have to calculate how many cars would be traveling if these people took their individual cars. So it, it's a give plus and minus situation. Now, I, and, and we're not, of course, getting political here, but so much of this political climate, climate change, ozone depletion, has become a political hotbed. It's become something people actually debate, even though all these scientists are saying it's happening. What do you tell people? Dr. Edelman, when they ask you, well, is this science? Is this proven? What, do we, what are we supposed to think about these debates? Well, we're talking about two things, and I'd like to make a distinction. Uh, we're talking about air pollution, and we've been talking about that and measuring air pollution and regulating air pollution since the Clean Air Act of 1970. So that's a long period of time, even before we knew about climate change. And we've had dramatic success. I mean, the Environmental Protection Agency estimates that the Clean Air Act in terms of how it's helped clean up the air has saved hundreds and hundreds of thousands of lives, probably millions of lives. So we've done a good job in cleaning up the air, and there's no doubt that we've saved lots of lives and, and we've saved lots of little kids with asthma from going to the emergency room. So, so the, the idea that pollution is bad for you is absolutely solid. I don't think anybody disputes that. Now, climate change is a, is a complicating factor. So most scientists now accept the fact that our Earth is getting warmer, and it's getting warmer because of what we human beings do in generating greenhouse gases. And the science increasingly suggests that climate change will make pollution worse. So that's the link between climate change and pollution. And that was an excellent explanation of it, because people do put them together. And, and pollution, remember those days when the Indian was standing crying by the side of the road? I think those had a big impact, because you don't see people just chucking litter out as much, and you do see it, but you don't see it quite as much. So back to the ozone and the air quality. Do you think people with asthma, allergies, should be looking every day or, you know, before they're going to go out mow their lawn at what the air quality is? Is there a place for them to look at that? Absolutely. Uh, they, everybody should check uh, their air pollution index. Most news outlets uh, will uh, advertise them, will, will promote them uh, during air pollution season. The American Lung Association has an app that will allow you to check uh, the air pollution index in your area. And if it's a bad air day and you have lung disease, especially asthma, you should do your best to avoid exposing yourself to the pollution. 
So if you really think you must jog, do it really early in the morning before the ozone from the automobiles builds up. If you're going to jog, try and go through a forest path. Stay away from roads. It's been shown that the nearer to a major highway you jog, the more you breathe in air pollution. If it's really going to be bad, you might have to stay home and turn on your air conditioner. And do those really work, air conditioners, air filters, those sorts of things? They work somewhat. They're not absolutely foolproof. Uh, They don't keep out all the pollution, but it is useful. So just give, give the listeners the website that you would like them to go to to see the state of the air and learn about their city and where they live. Well... Just go to lung.org and you'll find the button. It'll take you right to State of the Air. We abbreviate it as SOTA, S-O-T-A. And you can find out what the air is like in your neighborhood. Absolutely great information. You should go to lung.org and find out what the air is like in your neighborhood and in your city and take the necessary steps that you need. And if we all contribute also to some of those greenhouse gases, we'll make this a certainly better place to breathe and live. This is Melanie Cole. Thanks for listening and stay well. Stay well.